Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In honor of our five-year anniversary, we are going to do a fun bonus episode, and it's going to be a Q&A with me and... Brad, the husband. That was deep and beautiful. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. So my friends, we have a fun treat for you today. It's it's me and you already heard Brad's beautiful voice. And we're going to do a Q&A to celebrate our five-year anniversary of the podcast. And these were all questions that were submitted from the listeners, which is so great. And thank you for everyone who did that. And how this is going to work is Brad is going to take over as the main facilitator and go through the questions. And, and you are free to ask more organic questions that come up, Brad as you're working along. What we're going to do is do mostly podcast questions and then a few uh, personal ones. And like I said, there were so many submitted. We have now a very long list of other questions that we'd love to cover at some other point. So if yours isn't here, don't worry. We have it written down and we will likely cover it another time. So I'm 
literally passing the mic to Brad. Thanks, Monica. I'm honored that you would choose me of all the different options you have to do this Q&A. You were the only option, so. <laughs> all right, so let's let's kick it off. So the first question is, how did you get the idea to start the podcast? I wonder if you remember this. I kind of. I think it involves us driving on the five up from Southern California back home to Northern California. I don't even remember what we were doing on the trip, but you basically were taking all these extensive notes in your little notebook where you come up with your ideas and you said, I think I'm going to start a podcast. That's right. But now we have a sick kid coming in. So one sec. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so road trips basically are <laughs> maybe the only times that I feel like as a mom, I can just sit still for hours and think and process. So that is where I get a lot of ideas. But that was about, you know, over five years ago, I'd already started a blog called About Progress where I was trying to focus on progress over perfection, but it was all over the map. It wasn't a personal development blog. And I was listening to a lot of amateur podcasts at that point, And I realized they were amateur, meaning I thought they sounded amazing and professional. But I realized that the podcast hosts were just normal people like me who didn't go to school for broadcast journalism, didn't have like all this experience, and they just launched into their own podcast. So on that drive, we were coming home from a a San Diego trip that got cut short because a kid threw up at like 4 a.m. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And so, and then we had a long way home and that was one of the, the things I was processing as I turned to Brad and said, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And I Googled the equipment and I ordered it while we were driving. And I just tried to come up with my introduction. I made a long list of the guests that I was going to have and the topics. And it just kind of took over from there. And the reason why I think I was able to do that was because I was already in this zone of creativity for myself again, of leaning in, of trying things, of leaning into progress over perfection, meaning it was okay that it was a messy start and that I didn't know exactly what I was doing and that I wasn't like this professional podcaster because I gave myself that license to have it not be perfect and just successful right off the bat. Um, That's what why I was able to even start the podcast and why I've been able to keep up with it for five years. So that was where I, how, where and how I got the idea. And I think one of the follow-up questions here is actually about you. What did you think about that? And just your thoughts. I I remember on that drive, the main question I had is how, because I was not, um, I was definitely familiar with podcasts. I listened to a lot. Like the, the medium was something that I very much knew what it was and how it worked. But everything I listened to was professional. Everything was through like mostly pop culture blogs or ESPN or Grantland at the time. And so I listened to a ton of podcasts, but it never crossed my mind that it was something that someone could just wake up and do. I mean, we'd gone through the blog world where it was as simple as like, oh, I want to start a blog. Okay, go to Blogspot, get a domain name, and then boom, put a header on and then invite your friends and family to be your uh, your your readership and then then you're off and running and that's kind of all it took and if you weren't trying to like monetize or become a professional blogger all you were doing was trying to outreach to your family and friends to let them know what was going on in the world so barriers to entry were very low but a podcast I'm like wait how how does one actually do that do you just wake up and do it and so that was the main question I had and then as she started getting rolling 
then I feel like I, I had a little bit of uh, a little bit of fear of various things like fear of like, well, what, what if it what if it fails? What if it doesn't work? Like, what if she puts herself out there and it's not accepted or 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 she's judged for it? And, and so I just was very wary of what what the reaction would be to it, which looking back is like the dumbest thing in the world that I could have thought. And absolutely the last thing that you needed was someone who would be second guessing you and making that decision. You needed this person who's going to be like a full blown support. And, and I wasn't necessarily that at the beginning, which, uh, which I regret and I apologize for. I don't think it was that obvious to me that you felt that way. (laughs) Well, oops. I think, I think, um, I think it was more about being protective because up until that point I had spent nine months, um, writing the blog and they were, I mean, like I said, it was all over the map. So a lot of it was very personal essays and things that were scary to put out there. And, you know, that was definitely out of my comfort zone, but most definitely out of yours. And so I think that you were probably just worried about a a continuation of it being, um, just that and just protective of how it would be received. But, um, Anything else you want to say on that then? No. Well, I mean, it's it's just been amazing to see how much of a trailblazer you've been there because, again, she didn't invent the medium, but no. she, she did kind of press forward as what, one of the one of the preliminary mommy podcasters, I think, within within her realm. And it's it's become much more of a thing that like one can do. And of course, like through like podcast you uh, as a, a method of training and showing the ropes. Uh, anyone can do a podcast. Not anyone can get it to stick or get it to, to grow, but the, the opportunity is there. Uh, and, and it's one of the few times that, you know, we've kind of been ahead of the curve on something, which is, going, only time. which is going to get something which is going to gain steam and get popular. So that was kind of what I thought then and, and, and where I'm at now as well. Um, but it's been amazing to see what it has become through her endless work and efforts to to get it to to be something and so what would you say then are some of the hardest moments that you've had along the way since since you've started well I think the first thing to say is just podcasting is a lot more work than just sitting down and recording unless that's your type of show which these kind of episodes are a lot easier to both produce and edit and distribute because you just can speak off the cuff but that's not usually how my show is rolled so um I think some of the toughest moments I I would kind of put under two categories and one would be criticism and the other would be comparison. Some of my lowest moments I think have been when I've met with criticism, whether it's with people that I know in real life who aren't happy with what I'm doing or they're confused by it or they never bring it up because they don't like it. Um, so that in-person one, but that thankfully doesn't happen too often, but more so the the virtual one. You know, you never know when you're going to get a DM from somebody who doesn't like one word in an entire episode that you recorded. And maybe they leave that in a review or a DM. And sometimes it's someone that you have interacted with a lot and you've helped in a lot of ways and tried to build relationships and be supportive of. And then all of a sudden everything comes crashing down because of one thing you did that was not right in their eyes, which can be really hard. Um, So while I think I've grown a lot in that way, I've been able to handle criticism better. 
I do feel like in some ways it's toughened me up in ways I don't like. Like when I open a DM, I've realized this lately, most of the time, every time I open a DM or read a review, I assume it's not going to be someone happy with me. (laughs) And I just expect people to not be happy. So that criticism has kind of turned into an internal critical voice that I'm always pushing against. Whether I'm producing an episode or reading a review or putting in a post in there, I'm constantly thinking about how people can pick it apart. And sometimes that can be in ways that are unhealthy. And other times I think it's probably just being practical (laughs) and just knowing, okay, someone might think this, so let's make sure we're clear about that. But that's one thing. And the the bigger one, though, honestly, is just comparison. I definitely have always felt a lot of confidence in my work and my mission here. And I think um, what we're teaching here and what we're learning and my coaching, like I'm very confident in those things. But what I've lacked a lot of confidence in is myself as the messenger, meaning I think people like the message, but they haven't liked me as the messenger. And that's really been a difficult five year up and down journey in terms of seeing how other people flock, like people will flock to certain other people in the same kind of field or a similar field as me and not to me. And it's been hard for me to, to not make that mean, not take it personal. Um, so the comparison piece has been one of the hardest parts, but also the parts that has pushed me to grow a lot and to, and the fact that I, that I have tried to persevere in spite of that has in some way helped me with my confidence too. And I think I'm going on and on, but if I'm thinking about the hardest moments, I honestly think just this past summer was probably it for me. (laughs) Um, Do you remember what this was all about this past spring, like in summer? And again, this, we're talking about the podcast. So you get to hear a little bit about how the sausage is made, but normally your podcast numbers go up and down and your algorithm numbers on the Instagram go up and down and you, you get some tough skin about that. But I had a huge dip in numbers in May and in June, and not just like a little bit, very dramatic dips. And they were some of the best episodes ever that I thought. And it was, that was one of those biggest moments where I'm like, people hate me as the messenger. Someone else could say this and they would like it, but not me. And um, that's when I took the two month break. And during those two, those two months, I spent a lot of time and worked a lot with my business coach. And I thought deeply about quitting the podcast. And I have a lot of voice memos on my phone of me, like basically sobbing that I don't think I'll ever share because I, I, I thought at one point I might do like a document, like a documentary kind of style episode. And I think I still might do those, but probably not on that one. <laughs> but it just, it, it brought me to my lowest low of feeling like, my whole life, I just keep getting told to sit down and shut up. And this felt like the ultimate slap <laughs> in the face about that. But, you know, I really dug deep in terms of thinking why I'm here and decided to give it, you know, to to pivot a lot, to make dramatic shifts to the podcast, but also stay true to the the mission and the heart that we've had from day one. And, um, and I'm so glad that I gave it one last real go because it's feeling good and the shifts seemed to be working, but that was a big low for sure. Any follow-up questions? Or- I feel like one of the greatest, 
One of the greatest sources of anxiety that I feel nowadays is whenever I get a text from you and I can see that it's an attachment of a screenshot of either a text message or a DM because I'm thinking, oh, no, what is someone saying to Monica that is unfounded and rude? And then half the time it just ends up being like a a message from her mother saying, like, are are you coming to dinner or something like that? But at least that brief that brief moment when I first see it, I'm like, oh, it's it's the fear and protection that, that surfaces. But also, I think with criticism, constructive criticism has its place and can be good. It's unfounded criticism, which is which is frustrating and infuriating because I feel like professionally, I, I work in industries where we, we get, you know, work reviews. And I mean, not my profession. I'm sure anyone who has a job does that. And so I know times that like when I would get reviews at the end of a particular assignment and it would say like oh here's where you need to improve and if it was real legit stuff I'd be like oh yeah that totally makes sense and whenever it was unfounded or unfair or didn't make sense that's when I would get frustrated and be like wait what not that that's that's silly and stupid and then you get upset about it so uh, being an accountant is not being a podcaster but I empathize somewhat with that it's like it's like in the first Pirates of the Caribbean when uh, Jack Sparrow goes into town and then he meets all of his women folk and then gets slapped. And then he says to Orlando Bloom, like, oh, I did not deserve that one. And then, oh, yeah, I did deserve that one. So yeah. it's it's the unfounded criticism that is the bad slap. Well, and just about that, too, the reviews really do matter to me. I, I've, I've said from day one, this is a community, not a fan club, and I mean it. So I take those reviews really seriously. And there have been many constructive criticism reviews you know that have made the show better and I took those really seriously but then there are many (laughs) that they're just meant to hurt there's no other reason and it's usually about one word I said like nuance or disciple like apparently I'm not allowed to call myself a disciple apparently was one of the reviews and another one like said in all caps stop saying the word nuance and make the episode was about nuance (laughs) that was the topic and title of the episode. So things like that, where you're like, yeah, someone just wants to cut you down. And you know, I'm sure over time, I will get better at this. But right now, it is still not easy for me. And that is, it really does hurt. I'm a real person. (laughs) And it really, and it does hurt. But I guess it helps my people pleasing tendencies. That's why about progress should never be on Twitter. Uh, Enough. Enough of this nonsense talking about negative stuff. Let's talk about some of your greatest moments and let's ride the high of positivity. Ooh, greatest moments. Um, I think when we did a couple workshops that were, I literally lost hair over putting those workshops on like a true bald spot on my head um, because they were so stressful to put on. And now my music, sorry, hold on. My music was playing in the background. Um, they were so stressful to put on, but at the same time, um, it was just so awesome to be with other women and to see the progress happening in real time. I think other big moments have just been, oh, you know, it's really just the small things. It's the small moments of realize, of being like, that was a great interview and I learned so much and just the excitement and thrill over that. Um, coming back to the podcast this fall was a really awesome moment. I, I felt rallied by the community. I spent a couple of weeks asking a lot of questions once I decided to come back. And um, just the response of people who were interested in the show and providing topics and ideas on ways to get it, make it better, even down to my cover art. That was a good moment for me and made me feel like maybe this does, um, not, not that 
it has to matter to a lot of people to matter, but it felt validating. And to also see the response that the episodes have gotten have been good. Um, so lots of countless good moments. It's mostly about the people. It's the friendships I've made. Rachel Nielsen's become one of my best friends. Other women on the internet have become. Normal women in the community become some of my dearest friends. It's just those kind of communications of just feeling seen and heard. And like you find women who get you and you get them. Um, so not really definable moments, but just those feelings. That's good. Uh, have you had a favorite episode or person that you've interviewed? I know this is like picking your favorite child, which we could never do. But. <laughs> yeah, I, that really is an impossible one for me to answer. I know that the the two I will always be most proud of are the two recorded episodes of people who have since passed away. And, you know, those were Christopher Clark, who had ALS and we recorded his episode in two segments um, because his voice was starting to fade and we had to have that time for him to get his energy back. And then in half of the episode, his family's in the background, which I actually love hearing. Um, and then shortly after he lost his ability to speak. So that is a really special episode to me. And then Kim White, who has since died from cancer um, and just being able to have her voice there too for her husband and for her daughter. I don't know if they'll ever listen to it again. I'm sure they will, but um, those are really special to me. Um, I really do feel like I learn so much from every single person who's been interviewed on the show that I can't like pick a favorite episode. Um, but I can say it's always a, a treat to interview Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. She really blows me away with her intelligence and her ability to communicate and and just level things um, in ways that I think is incredibly unique and life-changing. She changed my life. So that's what I would have to say about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know I often speak about how women must do habits differently, and one of the biggest reasons why is simply biology. In other words, hormones. Our hormones are a real factor to how we feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, and they constantly change day to day and year to year as we age. My friends warned me that the hormone roller coaster gets harder as we get older, and they were right. From worse PMS to more aggravating period symptoms to all the things that come with perimenopause and menopause. If you're wanting help with that hormone roller coaster, I want you to check out today's sponsor, Happy Mammoth, and their supplement, Hormone Harmony, a bottle of which is sold every 24 seconds with over 17,000 reviews. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible perimenopause and menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, 
poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, and so much more. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. If you want to feel more like yourself, make sure you go to Happy Mammoth and find Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code PROGRESS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PROGRESS for 15% off today. And I guess we, we've kind of we've kind of covered this, but uh, have you grown personally thanks to the show? I think that's kind of been encompassed in all the responses we've given so far. Uh, the next one's actually for me. Does Brad use what you teach and do you teach much of it to your kids? So I'd say I'd say two things here is well, one example I can come up with is a couple of years ago when uh, About Progress had the monthly themes and uh, and various uh, printables and worksheets that you're able to fill out as you as you went about the month. One of them was a month on creativity. And while I don't remember the specifics on the actual guests that that were on, I just remember it kind of spurring in my mind like I I'm a creative person. I should be more creative. And yet with the dredge of, of daily life, I wasn't really giving me myself the opportunity to be creative, which is ironic saying it now because I'm right back in that mindset and have been for some time of not being creative. But at least in that month, I remember I, I tried playing guitar more and uh, and picking that up. And I thought to myself, like, I want to record things again. And I want to record a, an acoustic rendition of the Octonauts theme song that our kids love and record it. And I, and I, at least learn that myself and started recording it and realized like, Oh, it sounds like poop. I'm not going to actually do this, but at least was fun in the meantime to do something that wasn't the monotony of daily life and work. And so I appreciated that, that it, it got me out of my comfort zone and got, got me out of the, the daily routine. Um, but in addition to that, I just find that, uh, it's, it, the, the podcast episodes are almost like a cheat sheet into what is going on in Monica's mind and what she's thinking about and what is uh, concerning to her. And I kind of commented to her that in listening to the last handful of episodes, uh, especially this last one about um, when she was talking about how we need to be more full of ourselves, we need to uh, uh, seize the things that we want to do and, 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 and to use creativity again. Um, and that women in general are kind of told not to do those things or that wanting more for yourself is viewed as outside the realm of what they're, what is appropriate. And so, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if this was necessarily her speaking to me saying that she wants more, she wants to be more full of herself and that I'm one of the men who is holding her back, but it's, it's kind of fun seeing like, Oh, this is Monica's voice. This is what is going on in her head. This is what she's thinking. This is what she's teaching. Um, and so not many husbands get that. And I kind of appreciate that that is something I have. Yeah. That one wasn't directed to you just so you know. Um, yeah, so there's a little cheat sheet. I think it's impossible for my, for what I'm learning and what I'm teaching and coaching on and how I am changing. I think it's impossible for it to not bleed into my relationships, but I tried to not do that in a way where I'm like putting on my podcaster or coach hat and telling people what to do, uh, especially with Brad, because like that's the most important relationship. And I don't think it's helpful for me to say, Brad, let me let me tell you that you need to work on this part of your identity. And and, you know, but at the same time, we still have conversations about all of those things. Right. Because it is the heart of 
how I am growing and changing and trying to be a better person. And that bleeds into Brad doing the same things for himself. It also bleeds into parenting a ton, especially because we have one child in particular who is very perfectionistic. Um, So we work a lot on helping him through that. So yes, it does, but not like, not in ways where I hope it's annoying. And I'm like looking at the ceiling and not quite sure. I'm I'm sure I'm sure someone will tell us in the comments. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. Okay, uh, so how do you feel about recent changes to the podcast? Uh, were those a long time coming? And do you feel like it's uh, the, the effect has been what you intended? Yes, I think so. So I have had seeds for years that have been I see in my goal planners and like my journals where I am writing about my goals to make the show more practical, to make it shorter, to um to just make it more action centric for people, and I was trying to do that, but I learned you know in the summer that the, the two months I took off and the research I did with the community that people largely were not benefiting from the show because the themes, which was helpful and unique for a long time. Um, but uh, I decided that was a risk to, worth taking of taking away the themes and to try to do shorter episodes to feature more of my voice. I learned I was hiding behind the interviews. I, I, I feel like I've developed a skill of interviewing and I love doing it. It's a great way to to help the community, to bring in experts because I know I don't know any, like most things and we benefit so much from other voices but at the same time I was also hiding behind those interviews because I was convinced again that people weren't listening to the podcast for me that they were listening to the podcast because of the other voices I was bringing on the show but I was a teacher before I had kids I love to teach I'm a coach I believe in what I do but most of the audience weren't used to hearing me as the teacher as the main teacher and as the main coach and so that was a big transition. That was a big risk. And it might not have felt like like that on the listener side because the heart of it is still the same, that we're a self-development show that chooses progress over perfection. But I actually am loving the shifts. I feel like it's more organic. I feel like I can respond to your needs in real time. Um, I am proud of myself for trying to step more up to the mic instead of hiding behind others. But I'm also excited that I still get to bring in other voices. I love sharing coaching calls. I think it's working. The numbers are showing that at least we're stable and um, I'm I'm getting more messages than I was in the past about ways that the practical side of things are really helping. So I'm feeling super good about it, but it honestly was a huge risk. It was like my final big Hail Mary and um, I'm glad I took it. Okay. And what goals do you have for the show next? What do you see about progress being in the next year, in the next five, 10, 15, 25 years? Well, I don't know if we'll be a podcast that's around that long. And I mean, I, I would love that. But at the same time, I, I'm open to life taking a different path um, in the long term. I, I don't, uh, the podcast has changed my life, but it's not because of the podcast, it's because of how I've grown. And um, and it's also from the community. But, uh, but I do have goals. I, I would love the podcast to grow exponentially in terms of who it reaches and the people who are listening might think it reaches a lot of people, and and it does to some extent, but comparatively, I'm still a, a small sh- um, fish in a big sea, and that's good and that works for me, but I would like to reach more people because I would like to help change the world by changing women, um, but I also have other numbers of 
like specific numbers I'd like to reach in terms of reaching a certain amount of downloads and also um, increasing my ability to add financially to the family. I this I always had the goal to make this a business, but I really floundered in how that was playing out. But I have a lot more clarity on that and I really know better what the needs are and I'm excited for the things that are going to be unrolled soon with that. So many courses are coming out and a a free class too that will always be there that I'm very excited about. Um, I'm excited to serve people a little bit better um, in in those ways. Um, So yeah, I think that about sums it up. Okay, so that covers the the podcast section of the Q&A. And and as Monica may have mentioned, we have a a lot of other questions that have come in. Uh, We're going to limit the remainder of this episode to talking a little bit more about the move in the home a little more rapid fire than what we just did. And then that'll be the caboose this particular episode. So how's the move been? It's a big shift. Yes, it is. Um, It's been great. We've been in the house uh, for a little over a month at this point. And uh, it's been great to finally have our own space again. We are so extremely grateful that we had uh, Monica's family that opened their home to us and let us stay with them during the renovation that was more generous than we deserved and made that all possible and uh for over a year for well over a year and that's yeah that's they they are amazing um that said to get to a spot then that is 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 our own home and our own space has been has been great and it's almost something we forgot about how that felt and we're uh, we're hopeful that Monica's parents also are feeling the same way of having their home back to themselves and uh, feeling that same exhilaration of like, oh, okay, this, there, there, there's no one else here but us. And, um, and so it, it's been great to have the kids in their own rooms again and to have their own space and to not be transient and in between spaces, but just like, Hey, this is the spot where we are going to stay for quite some time. And so to be able to put it on those roots, I think is, is a great thing. I think the biggest thing we've been surprised by is how well our kids have transitioned into the new home. Um, we, you know, we expected a, a bigger transition, meaning a lot of meltdowns and, uh, a lot of mental health breakdowns, you know, even, but they've done really well. And I think in large part, because we have, um, a little more space than we did in the past and they have more spaces to go and be alone and also to come back together in ways that are fun. So it's been great that way. Mm-hmm. Are we glad that we moved to to Salt Lake and, and how would we compare California versus Utah, the, the best and worst parts? I'd say here that, I mean, life is just all about trade-offs and that uh, extends to the, the spot where you choose to live. And so there are great things about both. And I think that we've transitioned pretty well to, to Utah and to Salt Lake in particular. I think it's helpful that we both have familiarity with it, Monica having grown up there and me having gone to college there as well as having extended family there. So I was visiting there all the time. And so it wasn't like we were coming in blind to a spot that we had no familiarity with. But uh, I think that we've really enjoyed um, the outdoor aspect of it. We've enjoyed the mountains. We've tried to get out and, and, and hike uh, during the, the warmer parts of the year. Um, I think we've tried to take advantage of stuff around us, like the, the, the zoo and various parks. Um, but we've, I I feel like we've transitioned well. And while we miss a lot of things about California, and I think we always will, I mean, we're literally here right now back in the Bay area. Um, being here for Thanksgiving break, um, 
there, there's a lot about Utah to love and it's, and it's good being uh, a little closer to, to Monica's family. And, and honestly, more than anything, like we, we need, we knew we needed space. We knew that we needed to have a, a slightly bigger home to accommodate various special needs we had in our family. We needed a, a yard that we were going to, we needed that we could send our kids out into in which they wouldn't trip over each other uh, within two seconds. And that wasn't in the cards for us at this moment in time, staying in the Bay area. And, and it was there for us in Utah. And so that has been the primary trade-off where we're like, it, that we, we, it has all been worth it to be able to have that. And so again, over the last month, finally seeing, uh, finally being able to see what that looks like, uh, with our children has made it all worth it. Ditto. I don't think I, there's anything I can add to that. Always trade-offs, always pros and cons, wherever you're going to live. Um, and I'm open to staying here forever. I'm also open to, to moving at one point. Probably not now because we're still like scarred from <laughs> this last one, but we'll, that, I'm just open. Okay. How are the kids adjusting to school? M- much better than I think we, we anticipated given that, you know, that from March, 2020 through, um, August of 2021, they were not in school because they finished off spring of 2020 um, doing virtual learning in California. And then we opted to homeschool them for the next year uh, prior to actually moving into the house. And so they hadn't been around very many kids away from their cousins. They hadn't been in classrooms. They hadn't been sitting down and being instructed for the vast majority of the day. and so we were concerned about that, and we've been pleasantly surprised at how well they have adjusted back into that life, particularly with um, with our oldest, who uh, we knew would need a little bit of extra um, love and 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 comfort and familiarity. Uh, she's really seized it and done well with it, and they they make friends and they they like learning and they like the particular school that we're at, and so it's it's been. It's been nice not having them come home from school every day telling us about how how terrible it is and how frustrated they are or, you know, issues they're having socially. Um, it's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And it's, we're not saying that's how it was here, although there were big things that happened that we didn't know until later with our with our oldest um, getting bullied. But and we've talked about that in other episodes. So, um, OK, let's actually talk about that literal home and what's your favorite room in the new house i think i'll start us off by just saying mine is the kitchen because that was where i spent the most time and money (laughs) and and just thought really deeply about it all and also took some big design risks that i'm really excited to see like see um in real life and then also my office has been really fun to to get together i've always had my computer two feet from a refrigerator that's where the podcast started or two feet from my bed. And it is such a relief (laughs) to be able to go somewhere where if I have to record while the kids are home and which still tends to be the case, right? At all times. Um, and Brad takes them and into the real house, then I'm able to be into the office edition and it's a lifesaver. What's your favorite room? I don't know if it's a particular room, but one aspect of the new house that's been, uh, very refreshing is, uh, I mean, at our old house, we were just used to kind of climbing all over each other and always being in each other's space. 
And um, just this last week, uh, I mean, I, I work from home and, and up in my office the vast majority of the time. But um, one afternoon I was I was downstairs uh, and just uh, our two youngest were home and they went down into the basement and played and they were down there for several hours. and I didn't see them. And that just was bonkers because we're so used to like there, there is no separating from each other in, in our old house, our old circumstance. And I just kind of realized like an hour into that. I'm like, I, I hear them. I know they're down there, but they're just doing their own thing. Like they, they have their crafts downstairs, their books, their toys. Uh, they're able to listen to audiobooks, And so we're just doing all those things in a separate area of the house. And I hadn't seen them. And that has been awesome. We know it's not always going to be that way, but we at least know that we've set ourselves up in a home that gives us just the right amount of space to ensure that everyone has space. So our home in California was 1,200 square feet, one one bathroom for all six of us. And that's a, probably a lot by like the world standards, but probably not for a family of six um, in America. <laughs> so now we're like around 3,000 square feet. So, and, and we have a, we put a garage addition and offices above it, which again, that's been a lifesaver. So I think what we'll do is we will just answer two more questions here. Um, some, some people wanted to know what, you know, I seem to take over the house renovation and that wasn't said, like that question wasn't said with criticism. Like it was the truth. I, I I took over most of that, but they were just curious, like you seem really chill. Does, did Brad have a lot of opinions about the house renovation or did I just have carte blanche? I feel like I only pulled the Trump card one time and was completely at ease and supportive of all, all the other decisions that you made. But the one thing that I couldn't handle was the color you were trying to pick for our bathroom, which was like a dark, old green tile tile that's what it was yeah. and i just remember looking at that and it just screamed 1970s old person house <laughs> and i just remembered seeing that and thinking nope no no way and then we had a little back and forth on it and monica you know presented her case and i think at the end of the day i'm sure she was right that it would not have looked like a 1970s old person house but that was the one thing where I felt so strongly about it that I said, no, no, no old person green tile. We got to do something else. This will go out of style. It went out of style in 1972. It will definitely go out of style by the end of 2021. And that was, that was more than just the initial design sketch, just so you know. <laughs> and, and, and it was also when we thought our house was going to be a little bit more modern. But then as the house was like getting renovated and we had big changes to it, it just slowly became more and more traditional. So I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and I did too. And you did too. Yeah, he was right. You have vetoed almost every green thing I've tried to put in from a couch to cabinetry somewhere. So I'm kind of sneaking that in my laundry room. I have, I'm going to put in a green tile backsplash and I might paint the cabinets green. And I refuse to ever do laundry. Oh, oh, got it. Sorry. I, I, I thought we were going down a different path for a second. I was like, what, what is this about? Okay, no. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last and most important question about the move. How often do you visit Dairy Queen near our house? That was so important for you to have some fast food establishments within a certain vicinity to our home. 
So this may be somewhat of a disappointing answer. I actually have not been to the Dairy Queen since we moved in this last month. We did go once uh, earlier in the year when I just had the kids nearby, but um, I need to pick it up. I feel like I have failed myself by not getting my large blizzard Oreo because uh, I, I've decided Butterfinger just, it, it gives you the flavor, but you don't have enough of the crunched candy in there. While as Oreo, if it has an even distribution in the blizzard is, is unstoppable and should be something that is distributed to all people to consume on a daily basis. But we are on an endless journey to discover hole in the wall places around us to eat. And, uh, so we have found a couple burger joints, which are, which are sufficiently good for us to return to. Um, but the funny thing with our kids is when they want treats, where is it that they usually want to go? Our neighbor's house or what? Oh, I was going to say McDonald's to get a, a oh, chocolate yeah. dipped cone. But yeah, to your point, our youngest, we have a wonderful couple across the street that have a bunch of creamies, which for the non-Utahns are, are popsicles. And he just, you know, will go across the street, knock on their door and ask for a creamy and they'll give it to him. And he feels pretty... Uh, pretty good about himself and i just realized we should probably tell him never to do that again because it's dangerous <laughs> don't worry no we we do know when he's doing that he actually does get permission <laughs> uh, well, I, for, if, if you're not around he knows that my permission means nothing and so he can just do whatever he wants oh okay that's good to know um okay i think that's all we'll do today. Again, we had so many questions and Brad and I talked like we floated around the idea of us doing more kind of bonus episodes like this and and just ways where it's a totally different feel than self-development, but it's also something where we're talking about the messy middle of life and we talk a lot about nothing and we talk a lot about something is what I'm kind of thinking, you know, a little of both like serious things and mostly not so serious. Um, that's been a foundational part of our relationship is just conversations and usually talking about a whole lot of nothing mingled with a little bit of something. So we, we might do that more regularly. We'll see. Uh, it's just going to be done intuitively. But this is fun, I think, right? This has been fun, yes. Okay. So that will be it for today. And thank you again for the podcast, for being here, for supporting this community and for making it all possible. And we'll sign off now. This is where we will say, not my usual sign off, go and do something with what you learned today because you didn't learn anything, but we will say, go and have a great life. Yes. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.